Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Remember that your life is part of a much bigger story. Uh, We're not the main character. Christ is the main character. And we're in Acts chapter number 13. Our last study, we looked at David. Uh, David, who is mentioned twice in this story. But remember, it's really not about David. It's about Christ. And in this 26-verse sermon, you've got Abraham and Moses and the judges and Samuel and Saul and John and the prophets and the disciples. Uh, But it's not about any of them, and it's not about us. It is all about our great God. We return today to Acts chapter 13 because I want you to look now at the son of David. We talked about the man after God's own heart. And by the way, David was called that both before and after his fall, which I think is a beautiful picture of the mercy and grace of God. Uh, None of us are perfect, but we can be in pursuit of the Lord and God's will for our life. But now we move beyond the man after God's own heart to the God-man. That's what Paul was after in Acts chapter 13. He was trying to get these religious people who revered David to recognize Christ, uh, to look beyond uh, a man that they had such regard for and see the one he served. And so we pick up our story in Acts chapter number 13. The Bible says in verse number 23, of this man's seed, in other words, of David's seed, hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Let me pause and point out, he addresses the same two groups. Do you remember who was there in the beginning? He says, men of Israel and ye that fear God. So Jews and anybody else who is interested. He repeats it in verse 26. He said, all of you fellows and women that are from the stock of Abraham, Uh, and whosoever among you feareth God, there's the whosoever, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Oh, I love this. The message of Christ is for all people. Verse 27, he continues, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. And I love verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. (laughs) Isn't that good? Pilate sentenced him. Judas sold him. The mob said crucify him. Evil men scourged him. People spat on him. Rulers scoffed at him. Multitudes sat and watched him die. A soldier speared him. A stone was set over his grave. Soldiers stood guard in the tomb. His body stayed in the grave three days and three nights. And unbelievers are skeptical, but God raised him from the dead. 
And, verse 31, he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. So today we shift in Paul's sermon from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And yet, do you see how they're woven back and forth together? Paul quotes Old Testament scriptures and Psalms in connection to the fulfillment of the coming of Christ in the New Testament. Why? Because all of scripture is about Jesus and not just about Christ, but about the resurrected Christ. If you really want to know what the theme of Paul's sermon is, you don't really get the title till you get near the end of the sermon. God raised him from the dead. Repeatedly, he emphasizes the resurrection of Christ. And so should we, friends. Look, take people to the cross and then walk them to the empty tomb. Point them to the sacrifice of Jesus and then point out to them that he is not here. He is risen, as he said. God raised him from the dead. I want to draw your attention today to a phrase, a phrase that is repeated. In verse number 25, it says, And as John fulfilled his course, that's John the Baptist, he fulfilled what God gave him to do. In verse 27, it says that they have fulfilled them in condemning him. In verse 29, when they had fulfilled all that was written of him. And one more time in verse 33, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children. This emphasis on the fulfillment of prophecy, this is the key that opens up this message to us. The great truth is that God always keeps his word, and God kept his word in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll give you a few simple thoughts today. First of all, in verse 27, uh, the people fulfilled God's word when they condemned him. They condemned him, but that had been prophesied. In verse 29, the people fulfilled God's word when they crucified him. This was not a shock, a surprise, not a few new prophecy in Scripture uh, because it had been foretold this way. But in verse 33, God fulfilled his word when he raised his son from the dead. You see, these people were allowed to condemn him. They were allowed to crucify him by the God who rules all. Why? Because God was fulfilling his plan. It was the program of God. Satan and all the hounds of hell must have thrown a party thinking that they had been the victors. And I want you to know when God raised him from the dead, they knew better. Uh, they understood at that moment that God Almighty, the Heavenly Father, was working in and through and on behalf of his son to accomplish his purpose in this world. And because of all this, there's one more thing that can be fulfilled. Would you like to know what it is? We can be saved. God can fulfill his promise to us that whosoever will may come. And whosoever will can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. How can he fulfill that promise? Because he has fulfilled every other promise. The resurrection of Jesus Christ justified the Son of God to a mocking world 
and the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes it possible that we can now be justified before a holy God. The resurrection means not only that Christ lives, the resurrection means that we live. Jesus said, because I live, ye shall live also. We have eternal life in him. We have the the promise and the resource of abundant life in him. We will never die. Why? Because God raised him from the dead. Now, I know the whole world's scoffing and mocking and laughing. I know sinners are full of hatred and anger and things seem to be spinning out of control. Remember this one verse, Acts 13, verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. Don't ever forget what Jesus Christ did for us and what God did through his son in the resurrection. Don't ever forget what Christ has done for you, what he is doing in this world, and what he is yet to do. By the grace of God, let's keep our eyes on the risen Christ. He is alive. He is reigning. He is coming back. We need to hear this message again ourselves. We need to pass it on to others as well. May God enable us to do that very thing this day. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.